Hello, Vineyard. Hello, Vineyard. Welcome to our final podcast of 2020, as far as uh, as far as we know, unless we feel like doing another one. But I think uh, we're pretty settled on taking a break for the Christmas season coming up. And yeah, we got next uh, next few weeks in December. There's other things happening, and uh, I'm actually. In my messages, I'll be switching to Christmas sort of theme messages. Well, this weekend we have uh, Pastor Billy preaching for us. Yes. You're, you're going to a cowboy wedding. I am, yes. Yeah, up to uh, up to Fort Myers for a cowboy wedding. Um, looking forward to that. Got some friends getting married, so going to go. That'll be our first time that we've actually been away from here since the beginning of March. Uh, I think I think I left once to go to Miami for a day. And other than that, I don't think we've left the Keys since COVID. You know, we had we had gone to California for a meeting the very first week in March. But that was like pre-pandemic, really. It was well. All of a sudden, there it, were it little was, things it was starting to inch up. In it California. was it was happening in Seattle. There was mm-hmm. cases, and then like there was a half a dozen in California or something. And I was in California, and I'm like, ah, because we didn't know what that meant. But um, you know, we got back and. And then shortly thereafter, everything shut down. So uh, anyway, we're going to be, I'll be doing Christmas messages. So um, one of the main source of questions for this comes from a, a group of uh, students that I work with. And um, I, I'm going to give them sort of a holiday breather. And since we're not going to be, you know, really jumping any more into Galatians until the new year, we'll, uh, we'll just take a little break. If, if you have questions, go to Vine Press Questions. So you can ask them and I will... Um, I will uh, I will send you back the answers if I have I should have your email addresses so um, send them to me and I'll I'll send them back. Cool. Yeah. So if you are a student, enjoy your Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or are, get caught are, up. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We uh, we're working on little stuff. We're trying to get you know the behind the scenes stuff for the live stream working, and that's been uh it's been a fun challenge. So. That's been at the top of my to-do list, is making that as smooth as possible. We're almost there. Yeah. We, we had a couple of successful nothing-happened services and a couple that weren't quite as successful. But we're always working on that and improving that. And, uh, and uh, hurricane season is finally over. Hooray. Yeah. It is no longer an immediate yeah. threat until a... June, which yeah. it seems like hurricane season is way longer than not hurricane season. Yeah, although they're at the same time. Yeah, but it's... There's just the feeling of you might get a hurricane. That's, yeah, well, it's kind of that impending yeah. thing. You got to watch all sorts of stuff. Where now you can. Yeah, well. And now the weather's super nice too. We, Beautiful day today. Yep, let's uh, have a little day, cool front for a couple of days. Degrees yeah. outside. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, rather than shooting the breeze, why don't we uh, get right into our uh, questions here? So, first one's for you, obviously. What are some indicators we are living in Christ's righteousness and not the righteousness of our own selves? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, and I would just say that, that the, the best way to sort of think about that is, the, you know, self-righteousness doesn't uh, produce any fruit in your life. And and uh, and so you know my immediate thought was you know you go to the fruit of the spirit, right? And and that's what should be happening: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's Galatians five twenty-two and twenty-three. Um, and and I, I would recommend everybody knows that one. 
uh, against such things there is no law. Uh, these are the this is what's happening as you're you know pressing into the Holy Spirit and He's changing you from the inside out. Uh, and those things are you know that fruit is developed in the context of relationship, our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, and um, I really think that's how you sort of know you know the the uh, I mean in a believer's life that's what should be happening. Fruit should be being developed. There 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 should be changes in people's lives. Uh, you know some immediate and some over time. So, so to me, that's the best way of knowing. Self-righteousness will, is not fruitful. It just makes people not very nice and, and very critical and judgmental. And, so you, and you can pretty quickly tell when you're around people that are very self-righteous, um, and, and you'll feel it. And, and you know, uh, at the same time, there's, a, there's almost a seductiveness to it because self-righteous people will, will try and pull you into their thing and and be judging other people and try and get you in it, and often that's you know sort of coach in the terms of, uh, in the ideas of gossip and everything. You start talking about people and gossip in itself is very seductive. So um, you know you can be aware of those things and and then always you know look at that against that scripture: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and say, are you know is that what's going on here? Is that is that you know is this loving? Is this kind? Is this patient? You know. Uh, and if not, that, that's not an area you want to go. But really good question. Nice. All right, next one. Uh, this isn't a super biblical question this person wants you to know, uh, but they feel it's an important question. Uh, they like what they do for work, but they always experience a lack of confidence before a job, which causes them to flip-flop emotionally and sometimes dread doing the job. Uh, have you ever experienced that, and could you recommend ways to overcome this? Um. Yes, I've experienced that. I think everybody's experienced that sometimes. I was thinking, you know, earlier when I when I looked over the question, I, I reminded myself of a time very early in my life as a believer in a church, and they were doing a Christmas production, and um, uh, my wife Alice, she she really wanted to be in it, and so she convinced me to be in it, and uh, I I said okay, and there was a lot of lines to learn and everything, and I can remember um, sitting in this. Uh, we were actually in this. On the stage in a in a house, it was a box house, but we were there when the play started, and then we were going to come out of the house. And I can remember sitting there thinking, "Why did I? Why am I doing this? I could just be sitting out in the audience with everybody else. What was I thinking? I don't want to do this. This is horrible." Uh, and then you know it, it went okay, and and uh, um, you know I would I would say so. Let me answer the question the best I can. Two things, you know the. Uh, spiritually, I would say, when I'm feeling that way, I go to my favorite verse, uh, Philippians 4. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I, I, am a, I, I believe that that scripture is true and valid, and uh, I go to that one often throughout the day. Um, and so I would start there when you're feeling those things, uh, you know, all emotionally undone and upside down and uh, um, go with that one. And because what you want is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding and really does kind of come in and change things. And then, you know, if you need something a little more practical, uh, another thing that I've done over my life uh, as I'm waiting for that verse to work is I will think to myself, you know, as big as this seems right now, this feeling in 
you know, a year from now, it's probably not going to make any difference at all. Five years from now, I won't even remember it. And maybe, you know, a day from now, it's not going to make a difference. Right now, it feels big. I just sort of try and tell myself, you know, eventually, this is not going to be an issue in my life. This thing isn't going to be the main thing. So I find that to be a little helpful um, sometimes. But uh, I think the big one was the Bible verse. Go there first. Ask God to help you. You want his peace. It transcends understanding. Guard your mind and your heart, which is where, where all the issues are. Hopefully you settle down. And, you, you know, you always you do everything the best you can. And, you know, in life, unfortunately, some things don't work. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just we learn from those things. Uh, and you do the best you can. I mean, we try lots of things that don't work. If, if, if all of our ideas work, we, we wouldn't keep getting better at stuff. No. Yeah, it's really only through... Uh failure that you learn things things not working good because if it just works good the first time you don't really gain any knowledge really so it's it's just just do it you know i mean i hate to quote you know like yourself silly sports (laughs) commercial do Do the thing just do it you know uh it's like we have to learn that as kids really look got to go to school five days a week what why are we doing this five days a week? I don't want to go to school. You know, wake up out of bed. Like, oh, I just want to stay home. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it can be hard getting that initial bump of motivation. So, you know, it's good to have that Bible verse. And, you know, you can always pray for help. Okay. And like you said, it's never too big of a deal. You know, don't make a mountain out of a molehill kind of deal. Yeah. And school, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking, I'm 60, I'm still going to school. Yeah. Five, six days a week. But you get to do classes that you enjoy. Yes. You handpick them. They're yeah. whatever you want to learn about. As yeah. a kid, it's, you know, like, yeah. am I really going to be using... Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Th- yeah, this. Yeah. So, but all good. Good question. Uh, next one. Uh, this person, seven-year-old, asked them today if heaven is in uh, their heart. And they were having a bit of a hard time explaining in a way that the seven-year-old could grasp. Uh, they told the seven-year-old, heaven is where God is, and we can't usually see it, but it's right close by, and sometimes we do get to see bits of it. Uh, they almost jumped into the whole spiritual beings thing, uh, but wasn't sure if that would be helpful for a seven-year-old or just kind of freak him out. Any advice for helping a seven-year-old to understand where heaven is, what heaven is? No, but that story that makes me think, you know, when you, your seven-year-old heaven in his heart, do you know what my seven-year-old had in his heart? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, well, somebody had asked, and there's a show called Gumby, okay? And, and, you know, we watch it. It was made, what, in like the 1940s or whatever? But in the song, it says, Gumby lives in your heart. So I'm going off with that. And somebody had asked, well, who lives in your heart? And, you know, to my knowledge, it was Gumby at the time. And I was younger than seven. <laughs> <laughs> you probably tried to say I was like 12 or 13 or something. No, I was probably five, which is a little, you know, like, I'm sorry. come on now. I mean, it just reminds you of Eddie Murphy. I'm Gumby. Yeah. Doggone it. Yeah. For, you know, not quoting that verbatim. Yeah. I just, we had we had friends we were traveling somewhere with, and the kids had jumped in their car for part of the journey, and they came out saying, Look, Douglas, we were asking him about Jesus, and he said he has Gumby in his heart. So... Jesus is in there now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Gumby yeah. does not. I, I don't think I've watched Gumby in years. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. The, the, I, you know, they ought to make like a CGI Gumby where it's not claymation. 
Maybe they have. Who knows what they've yeah, done with so them? I don't know. I have, they, we have re, to, they've remade everything else. Yeah, I'm, sure they, I'm sure there's a new Gumby. We'd have Come to follow up on that, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. He was never in your heart. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, those, uh, those concepts are kind of hard to explain to a seven-year-old, so keep them simple. Hard to explain to an adult. Yeah. But, uh, and you know, it, it's it's only... Uh, as we can sort of grow into it, that we can understand some of those concepts of the now and the not yet, and that you know what heaven is, um, and and then you know to take on that next chunk that there's life after life after death, and what does that mean? Uh, you know, most people can't process that at way past seven. I, I would just say that you know the the simple version is that heaven is very close. That was a good answer. Um, it's where God is. And I think that's a good answer, but although then that makes him feel like he's not here, he's here too. So, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a tough one, but uh, just, you know, uh, heaven is a perfect place, and, and someday we'll, we'll get to be there, you know, as we continue to follow Jesus, and we'll get to see everybody that's gone on before us. And I keep it fairly simple. Um, but, you know, lots of different ideas will come in, and, you know, that I, I you know, I try and keep those things, you know, as clear as they can be. And then questions about angels come, and, you know, then, then they start thinking be Christmas movies, if people become angels, you got to, well, that's not, there's angels, and there's people, and you don't become angels. And, uh, but, but, you know, some of their brains can't process a lot of those things. So unless it's a big deal, just kind of. Smooth it through. And, and you and also don't want to make any heretical statements out of ignorance either. No, no, no. no, no. So <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah I, I, I like what you say. Just keep it simple, in the pocket. It's a perfect place. God yeah. lives there. Someday yeah. we get to go there too. Like, keep I think it as simple as you can. And yeah, then as they get a little older, you know, hopefully you can revisit some of those questions. Because as teenagers, it's a good way to go. And, and fortunately, um, teenagers are often far more inquisitive now than, than about some things. And that's always a good way, especially spiritual things. And so you want to get them you know, moving in the right direction. As soon as you can, and I know what you guys are. So keep you know, keep reading Bible stories, keep doing all those things, get all that stuff in there as deep as you can, and and then um, you know, then you have a great sort of background to work on, a great foundation. All right, we got a few more questions here. Uh, would you please discuss some of the hard sayings of Jesus in Luke chapter fourteen, uh, specifically twenty-seven and thirty-three, or actually? Uh, they bring up uh, chapter 14, but 25 through 35 has a lot of things that sound like cross plus. Or is this just to remind us we need to keep growing after we're saved by grace? All right. Well, let's read it. Here we go. So 25 to 35. Luke 14. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That, I'd say, was one of those hard things. Uh, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able 
He will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile it's thrown out. (laughs) Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so there's some tough sayings in there. Uh, and, and, and so the difference would be why it's not cross-plussing is these, um, those things are not uh, how you get saved. You still get saved by responding to the gospel. Responding to the gospel, however, means that there are some things that happen that we need to be aware of. One of those things would be that we have to realize, you know, and that word there, in the beginning, a thing about, you know, hating your... Um, he, Jesus is using the word as a contrast to uh, it's a priority thing that that you know following Jesus is going to have to be the most important thing in your life. But and so so you know for some people they decide not to follow Jesus because their family is against it. And and they're making that choice. That's the choice. All right. So you know if if it comes to I'm going to follow Jesus or I'm going to go in my family's wrong direction then that's where it gets tough you need to follow jesus because that and that that would be the thing however you know we're we're supposed to love people and that's certainly he's not contradicting that and so you know we would love our families but but not to the point where we we didn't do the thing that um god has called us to do which is respond to the gospel and knowing him so some people unfortunately have those hard choices to make where you know their families are solidly against it, and and they they you know in effect are often you know will lose initially some contact with their family. So I get that that's a hard situation. Uh, um, you know my family were not we weren't a church family, um, and so you know following Jesus didn't didn't you know separate me from them. But they you know I, I don't I don't think they. They just thought it was a phase for years, you know, and a fad and didn't think it was important. And uh, I did see, you know, changes ultimately in that, uh, in them. But um, even when they didn't understand or, uh, and, you know, we had parts of the family ridicule us sometimes, Alice and I. uh, It never stopped me from wanting to continue to press in. And that's kind of the thing there. That first statement means that is that uh, following Jesus is the most important thing in your life. And then from that will come his love that then and then you love everybody, you know, well and, and that's what we're supposed to do. So that's a hard saying. And then, you know, picking up the cross and following him just means th- this life is we're gonna be doing that. We're gonna choose every day to follow him, and it's not always the easiest thing to do. Uh it's not always the way the culture would go. Are we willing to live, you know, sort of counterculture to follow Jesus? Uh and we still have to do that. We still, you know, the world does a lot of things that are not okay with us. We have to live in it, but um, you know, and and they they accept a lot of things, and 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 people go, oh, well, I you know, I I, I want to do that, you know, I want to follow Jesus too, but I want all that stuff, and you, you you have choices that you have to make. It's not a it's not a cross plus thing. It's just the reality of Holy Spirit's in you now, and He's directing you, and and He won't let you settle in that um, because He wants the very best for you, and so you know those things are at work in our lives and. Uh, and all that's going on. And then, you know, don't give up everything you have, can't be his disciple. That's pretty tough, too. It's a willingness 
more than an actuality of it. Um, you know, is is you know when he has the discussion with the, the rich young ruler, um, the issue is he says, "Okay, I want to follow you," and Jesus says, "Well, go give away everything you have," and he can't do it because that's more important to him than following Jesus. So, so it's they're they're not equals. It's it's what's ultimately most important, and when it's most important, then. Um, I remember we were reading this past week in in, uh, uh, in the message, and and Paul says, you know, I just gladly gave all that stuff. I consider it rubbish now, to because I want to walk with Jesus. We kind of have to have that attitude as we as we press into this whole thing. Nice, great answers. Uh, two more questions. It looks like if no one is able to be justified by the law, that means that before Jesus, no one was justified. However, Abraham was counted righteous because of his faith. Can you explain more about Old Testament righteousness versus New Testament justification? Yeah. Um, so, so, and and there's they're different. They're, they're slightly different, obviously. And and so we we think of righteousness, and and we tend to think of righteousness as having a, a being a moral thing. That um, you know, if we're if we're doing you know if we do good things, then then we're righteous, and it's really more it's more of an identity thing, righteousness, in that um, when when Jesus goes to the cross and and you know defeats the enemy and rises again, he restores. We, we have his we you know we, we end, then the righteousness of God. It's an identity thing. Our our original identity is restored. The enemy. Um, we were reflecting him, uh, his identity, and, and you know that's why all that mess was happening. But now uh, we have this new identity. So, so righteousness—you have to think of it more as an identity thing than a sort of a, uh, a kind of these, a works thing. And justification's different because that's something that that is given to us that God is, is seeing us in the perfection of His Son, and it's a relational thing. Um, so a- a- Abraham. It, you know, it's credited to him as righteousness, and the, it's a, it's a great thing. We're actually going to look at that um, uh, in uh, our next time. I'm back in Galatians uh, because we'll be in Galatians three, and Abraham gets brought into the conversation. And so, if you want to go back and look at you know Genesis twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and and at, at, you know why what was credited to Abraham as righteousness is that um, he heard got from God about the. Um, all nations springing from him, if you, if you go see that in context, and he believed it, and that was credited to him as righteousness. So you you have to understand that that wasn't a um, that was just him believing and you know hearing and believing is is what was going on there. And that particular term for righteousness is only used one other place in uh, the Old Testament, and that's in the Psalms, and it's in Psalm 90, I think. Wait, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. No, Psalm 106. Sorry, verse 30. And it's referring to Phineas. And, and um, Phineas does something that's credited to him as righteousness as well. And you go, oh, maybe it's, a, you know, what good thing did Phineas do? Uh, you know, what kind of moral... And if you want to go read about Phineas, you need to go to Numbers 25. And what had happened was the, um, the Israelites had been um, intermarrying with the Moabites. And they were, after being expressly told not to and... and God says that can't stand. That's got to change. You need to stop it. Uh, pretty it was stronger than that. And then um, this Israelite man walks in on that discussion while they're all sitting around weeping over what they've done. And he walks in with a Moabite woman, 
and like takes her into his tent. And Phineas jumps up and grabs a spear and runs it through both of them. Done. And that's credited to him as righteousness. So uh, that will make you think about that term for a little bit. But you might want to go (laughs) eat. The first ever shish kebab. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. Post-production, baby. Um, Oh, no, that's staying in. So, so you know, there's it, there's those differences. So, then I think what you need to do a better answer to that whole question, just so we clear that up, is is that the Old Testament folks, it was still in Jesus that they would ultimately be justified, and that's where you need to read Hebrews 11 because they believed, they they, they heard and believed, and and they did all those things believing in the promise of a Messiah, not fully understanding it, but but believing that it was going to happen and it's in that 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 they were they were sort of you know found life so um go back and read hebrews 11 and you can see how that sort of ties together so i hope it's a great question and and uh i you've got a you've got a few weeks till we have more questions and uh so maybe you'll go and spend some time looking at that i would i think it's great so read the psalm and then uh that i 106 look at that and then go and read um numbers uh it's Numbers 25, so you see the story. And then read Hebrews 11 and see if, if that doesn't sort of clear things up a little bit. Awesome. All right. Uh, this is our last question for the year. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more questions, but the last one we'll answer. Uh, do you think that the Protestants were guilty of cross-plussing when they added uh, the doxology line, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever to the original text of the Lord's Prayer? Yeah, um, no, because I don't think they were making it a salvation issue. Um, I, I think that, that goes more in line with um, uh, you know the Lord's Prayer. So let's I, it can is often in many places just something that's repeated. Uh, and that's all that it is. It's just repeated. And, and so I think, you know, when you're... And, and so it becomes, in effect, you know, just just like, you know, uh, liturgy, uh, which is okay. But, but it loses its meaning. So when they added the, the line to it, they were just, you know, they were just trying to deepen that in the way that it was recited, I believe. Um, but I think, you know, when Jesus gives his disciples a Lord Prayer, it's not just something that they would say... He's saying, look, this is how you pray. And there's elements in it. You know, there's worship in it. And there's, the, you know, uh, it's remembering who God is. It's asking God, you know, daily bread stuff. It's, it's uh, asking, you know, keeping your forgiveness levels right uh, in the prayer. It's actually taking steps with each one of those sort of lines and doing something with them. Um, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That you stop there and you, you begin to praise and and worship, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I don't want to be on the throne of my life. I want you on the throne. Let your kingdom come. Lord, let it break through now. Uh, I want to see you at work. Let me, you know, be yielding to your Holy Spirit. Uh, these these are things in the... Give us today our daily bread. Lord, you know, uh, these are the things that I, I would love to see you do on behalf of, you know, my, my family and my friends and the world. And, and these are my own needs, God, and I lift them before you. And, and just like you give me daily bread, I, I ask that you would, Lord, have your way in those things, you know, 
um, forgive me, God, let me, let me think about anybody that I'm holding unforgiveness for and let me not do that because you don't like that. Forgive me for my mess because I've had a lot of them, you know, already in the day. And, and so, you know, we make sure that we've taken, we've taken care of all those things. Um, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. I, I like this. I pray that prayer. I often will, will think about the armor of God and I'll take time to put that on. So, you know, um, I think that what we need to be careful of is that, it, you know, added to or not, that we don't um, we don't allow it to be just liturgy. We we need to take it deeper, and and we need it's a model for prayer, and that we take it that way. But anyway, great question, and uh, and like I said, I think the adding of the thing on the end doesn't doesn't take away from it, you know, and it, it uh, it's, and and I don't see it as a as a cross plus kind of thing. Cool. Great questions. Thank you guys for all the questions this year, and we're looking forward to picking this back up in 2021. Um, like you said, you're going out of town this weekend. Pastor Billy's up. His message is called, What to Do When the Bottom Falls Out. So it'll be a good message. Nice. Yeah. Well, you got the notes, too. I did. I looked at it. Yeah. looks like it's going to be real good. I don't have them in front of me, but it was good. Yeah, um, and if you've never heard Pastor Billy, you're going to love Pastor he, Billy. He's an amazing speaker. You know, he's... Pastor Billy has been in the ministry I, I, it maybe a little longer than me. Uh, we, we run about the same time. And uh, pastored his own church in Texas for years and years and years and years and years. He's a great speaker and communicator. And, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a worship guy, too. So he's going to weave that into it. It's going to be really good. I think you'll really enjoy it. I'll be watching from... Uh, I'm actually going to visit another church in our area. Uh, while I'm gone, but I will be watching online here, uh, you know, when I'm not there. So that'll be exciting. Uh, This weekend's worship is going to be good. Um, Pastor Jerry's leading uh, our arrangement of How Great Thou Art. We cover Paul Beloch's arrangement. We love that one. It's good. Uh, And then the second song we're doing, I'm actually leading. It's from our friend Michael Bryan, who visited in March. He has an Advent song called We Are Waiting. That'll be a good one. Uh, and then after that, Angie's leading a new one by Jesus Culture called Stones. Oh, we've done it in the past. I won't let the stones cry out. Great song. And uh, we will end the set with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah, my wife, Kimberly, will lead that for us. So that's, uh, that's our weekend worship set. And uh, you'll want to check it out Saturday, 7 o'clock, and then Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, and 11. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. You got anything else to add? No, I don't think so. I, you know, uh, I think that's it. Thank everybody for, uh, you know, we just did Samaritan's Purse, the children's shoebox thing, and that went really well. Now we're doing a little the local, local thing. Drive, yep. um, and we partner with Presence in Paradise. And so I just want to thank everybody again for their generosity as we move towards that and um, uh, look forward to uh, getting back into this right as the new year happens. So, um, uh, I. So, you know, don't, uh, don't forget about it. Don't get too out of the habit. If you're just getting into the habit, we'll, we'll be back. And enjoy the Christmas season and Advent and all that good yeah. stuff. And good health to you. Uh, keep checking out, you know, the church's website and the Bible Institute, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. We will. And major changes are happening in all the websites, uh, or even now. Uh, you won't see them for a while yet, but they're all, they're all being redone, and, and you're going to like it. be more for aesthetic enjoyment yeah and and sort of yeah it's going to be good so lots of work going on right now all right goodbye vineyard goodbye vineyard
Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.